Hello, film fans. Welcome to the Film vs. Film podcast. My name is Martin Harries, your host, and I'm joined by the film encyclopedia man, Power Sticks. We are a couple of filmmakers on occasion, but mainly can't stop yapping about movies. On this podcast, every episode we pick a topic from a film that's coming out of the cinema or on VOD. Myself and Bias pick our favourite film from that topic and we battle it out to decide which film will become the greatest film of all time, according to two film geeks from Wiltshire, England. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review and subscribe. Hello, Polsters, we're back! After our week break, I know you've been missing us and been on tender hooks to get a new episode. I think they were enjoying the peace and quiet. Oh, don't be silly. They wanted <laughs> yeah, more. They love us. They love us. This week on the Film vs. Film podcast, as Black Widow hits cinemas worldwide and on Disney+. Plus. I don't know why you'd want to watch it on Disney+, Plus, but there we go. Um, definitely go to the cinema to see it, as hopefully we will yeah. at some point. So... Yeah. You already know who stars in that film, I suspect. It is Scarlett Johansson is the Black Widow, so we'll be having a look at Scarlett Johansson films for this week. As ever, I am joined by the Mr. Encyclopedia Man. That is Mr. Boaz Dix. How are you, sir? After a week off? I'm fine, Mr. Martin Harris. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. Well, you do most of the work, so, you know, this is whatever. <laughs> All right. You know? It's taking a break from taking a break. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> right. Shall we do uh, my film first? Or, yeah? Yeah, uh, yeah. 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 I did take a, a, a bit of thinking time with this one. I was considering uh, picking Under the Skin. I kind of wanted to a- avoid Marvel a little bit, because I suspect you would want to pick one. <laughs> I, I suggested Under the Skin. Yeah. But I, I avoided yeah. it mainly because I was like, I picked like a field in England before, and that's a really weird film. <laughs> I picked mm. some other weird stuff as well, <laughs> so I didn't want to be the guy like, yeah. oh, Martin just picks all the weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, because uh, you asked me what I said, and I said, yeah, maybe under the skin, and you were like, are you sure you don't want to do a Marvel one? And I was like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. You know, you second guessed me. Otherwise, yeah. you know. But you know, I think it's uh, it's good to link it somehow to you yeah. know the project she's currently doing. I mean, had you seen Under the Skin? Uh, no, <laughs> it is very weird as shit. So you know, <laughs> but it's brilliant. Yeah, no, I saw some really freaky clips, and I was like, I got to watch that film. Mm. But it's one of those like, give it a few years before you rewatch it for me. But um, yeah. So ultimately, I went with Lost in Translation from 2003 with Bill Murray. And I'd mm. seen it years and years ago, and I've always been wanting to revisit this film. I just never got around to it. So I was like, well, this is the perfect time to revisit Lost in Translation. Uh, so what happens in Lost in Translation? Well, Bill Murray plays Bob Harris, a kind of like an a fading Hollywood actor who goes on a job in... Japan, he does like an advertising shoot for a whiskey, specifically for the Japanese audience. Uh, he is kind of have, has a very like needy relationship with his wife, always kind of wants to know what carpets <laughs> she wants to have in his office or whatever, just kind of very needy. So n- not an easy relationship with his wife. And there's another character, uh, Charlotte, played by... Scarlett Johansson, who's very young in this, I think she must be still a teenager or early 20s or something like that, who's with her husband, who is doing a photo shoot, and and they they are staying in the same hotel, and they're both kind of like a bit lost in their lives at the time, and in this mm. film they kind of meet and just rediscover like life really and like the happiness and joys of life and exploring the unknown in someone like Mm. japan so it's one of those kind of like hangout films where like not a lot happens (laughs) there's not like Mm -hmm. any specific plot or anything it's just kind of like how do these two very different characters interact and go from there really this one's directed by sophia coppola um yeah i I really liked it what did you think about this Mm. one Boaz? Yeah, yeah, I I really liked it as well. 
So directing then, I think the direction has a very like observational feel to it from the main character's perspective of Japan. You know, this this film is not afraid to take its time to immerse the audience into the the culture of Japan. I would say. I think I think it kind of gives like um, there are quite some interesting design choices. You know, some directorial directorial choices. Like number one, I, I like how it's kind of quite exaggerated how different Japanese culture is from how yeah. you know. Stuff is quite strange, and you know, and yeah, the people are just not on the same uh, wavelength as as the characters. They they do a lot of um, you know shots, especially when they're kind of on their own, which seems yeah. to be a lot of the time before they meet each other. It's just these wide shots of them just like you know they're surrounded by like nothing or Japaneseness, <laughs> yeah, or Japaneseness. Yeah, I think you get this real sense of like loneliness mm. like throughout the film. Definitely, just you know these these spaces and just these silences mm. as well because yeah. like there's one little yeah. sequence where bill murray is like just taking a golf shot and completely alone and there's just a giant mountain in the background you know it just mm. feels just so out of touch of like what the rest of what we've just seen throughout the rest of the film you know mm. which has been quite busy and you know it's just mm. so dead quiet um so that was kind mm. of interesting that but and it just adds to this very like foreign perspective that these characters go through Interesting first shot, though. What I assume is Scarlett Johansson's butt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interesting Best choice. Opening shot in any movie. <laughs> but some of the gags in this are, are really well, really well done from Sofia Coppola. Um, there's a great visual gag with Bill Murray brilliantly set up, where at the start of the photo shoot scene, it starts with him being shot from behind on the phone to his agent, and you see all these clips uh, on the back of his jacket <laughs> yeah. to keep it tight. And then for the rest of the scene, uh, he's shot from the photographer's perspective. And the next scene, Scarlett Johansson's character, they're in the bar in the hotel. Uh, Charlotte, she buys him a drink from across the room and Bill Murray walks away from the seat and you see the (laughs) the clip still on his jacket, which is quite well (laughs) done. You know, with everything that's going on with the photographer, you, you kind of forget that they were there. You know, it's just quite a funny, simple gag, really. Like when he's giving the photo shoot and, uh, the guy is asking him to like act differently. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Yeah, that was funny. Like 007, <laughs> you know, so Roger Moore, more like Roger. And he's just pretending to do all these poses and what have you. Mm. I really like the scene. I think this was very uh, early in it where he's given direction on how to, you know, drink the whiskey. Oh, yeah. The director is really, ang- you know, he's quite, you know, no, you're getting it wrong, da da da. But he's speaking in Japanese and he says like this huge paragraph of stuff. And then um, the translator says, he wants you to turn right into the camera. <laughs> is that like, all he said, what? really? Did he say all? <laughs> that, is that all he said? And then he does that, and then the guy goes off on one and says, like, again, another couple of paragraphs. He goes, more intensity. <laughs> Slower, but with more intensity, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then Murray does this, <laughs> like, really good. slow and intense, as intense as you would do it as possible without looking, making it look stupid. You know, <laughs> yeah. does that really well. <laughs> Because any slower, it would just be stupid, you know. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. at the end, the director just like, cut, cut, cut. <laughs> yeah. And Beryl Murray's face is priceless, where his eyebrows just drop. And he's like, seriously, I can't yeah. go any slower. <laughs> <laughs> any other directing choices you liked, shots-wise? I liked when, you know, they were getting on and going to places and clubbing and partying and... Mm. Running away from gunmen and all kinds of weird shit like that. Like that was strange. That was strange. That's... Yeah, I don't know what the hell that was about. It's just a BB gun, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fun. Have you got a favorite shot? Probably when he's getting the you know direction at the beginning. I think that yeah. was like my favorite scene. Him on that talk show. Oh yeah, that that was quite funny. Where the guy shows him his dance. What the hell was that about? Yeah, it's a bit yeah. strange. <laughs> well, for us anyway. Yeah, for Japanese people, not so much, I guess. My favourite shot is there's a great panning shot where the camera is outside the window and you can see the street lights reflecting in the window, but um, but you can still see them like in the apartment. They're both of them like on the bed, I think, and it just re- looks really nice. You know, they're all in focus, but you still still have all the street lights reflected in the window. That was just quite a nice hmm. shot, panning shot there. Yeah, it's just really nice. <laughs> I think actually, like some of my favorite shots in in retrospect are like ones where Bill Murray or Scarlett Johansson are just kind of on their own. All oh, right, do yeah. you know what I mean? I think to me, just because you get 
the sense of their loneliness there. Yeah. There's more of an emotional impact from those sort of shots. Like, you know, whether he's just, like, laying in bed, just looks like he's, mm. you know, wants to give up, you know. Yeah. So, score, Bowers, what are you going for for directing? Like, 7.6. I think Sofia Coppola does a, a great job, really, of just get, of establishing this this loneliness feel for both of these characters. Not just, like, out on the street, but certainly in the hotel as well. You get a real sense of that and of their struggles and... But again, as the film progresses, as their relationship progresses, it just is really nicely paced, you know. And and as I said, I, I quite admire the fact that it's not a fast-paced film at all. They're not Sophia was not afraid to to slow the pace down and keep it fairly slow. And it it does feel like kind of a hangout film as well. Mm. So I mean, I love watching hangout films where you just don't have to concentrate very much and you just. You just let the film like soak over you, kind of thing, you know. Mm. You know, like Call Me by Your Name, which we've talked about in the in our LBGTQ episode. That's kind of a hangout film as well. Again, like very simple camera work. There's nothing too advanced to it, really. But again, I think if you keep it simple, then you don't really need to do anything else with the camera to make this film work like really well so yeah i'll give it a solid eight i think screenplay i think what makes these characters so watchable together is the fact that you have charlotte who is at the beginning of her life still deciding what she wants to do and bob harris is a fading movie star in like a stale marriage in japan makes them uh, become on like the same pedestal experiencing this very different culture you know on the same level which I quite liked how they did that, you know. It was quite impressive how they just almost stumble upon each other and they have very different life experience and yeah. and they just get on, you know. Yeah. <laughs> From all these other characters that are in their lives, it's just becoming noise. Colleen Hansen's friends and her boyfriend are a little annoying. They're very chatty and loud. <laughs> yeah. And with Bill Murray, his wife is always sending him faxes and a load of carpet samples. I'm just like, why the hell are you sending me? If I was sent that, I was like, well, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm on a job. Let me just see it when I come back. <laughs> yeah. I think she only does that because they don't really have a relationship yeah. as him and his wife. I think he does want to talk to her and like, and what have you, but they've got nothing to talk about. Mm. So, you know, I think she's just trying to move the conversation with like mundane stuff yeah like you know oh i've got a you know we could do this to that house yeah but you know because you could even say like when he's he phones her up and is talking about like wants to talk about the kids and and talk about like oh maybe we should start eating japanese food or what have you it's just like the conversation just kind of devolves into like i'm quite busy here i'll call you back you know yeah, I'm busy with the kids. So. The calls certainly don't last very long at all. <laughs> no, because I just don't think they've got much to say to each other yeah. at all. And you can tell that's just like quite hard for him. Mm. He's just got nothing in common with his wife. Yeah, I mean, there are certainly a lot of occasions where this this film is hilarious. <laughs> There's one bit where Bill Murray is with Charlotte in the strip club, and she asks, "Yeah, I was going to mention the strip club." She asks him, "Oh, where's Charlie and those guys?" And he says, "They're taking a dance class." And then yeah. when they walk out, he says, oh, thank you to the upside upside down stripper, <laughs> yeah. which is quite funny. Well, there's quite a few occasions when Bill Murray and Scarlett Hansen talk to Japanese people and they just don't know. They just don't understand what they're saying. Uh, and those moments must be like unscripted and improvised on occasion, I would say. And I like the one with Bill Murray where he's, he's talking to a small guy in the hospital and the guy is trying to explain something to uh, Murray's character. And Murray just copies his actions and the guy just laughs at him. You know, it's quite quite mm-hmm. funny and charming. There's a moment where Charlotte says to Bob um, when they're just hanging out, oh, let's never come here again because it would never be as much fun. And it's just like this unlikely friendship just wouldn't work or happen anywhere else, you know. Mm. So they're just kind of trying to have as much fun as they can while they can, you know. I love the moment when Bob is being driven to the airport and he sees Charlotte walking uh, down the street and he goes after her 
and they embrace and he tells her something in her ear but we don't hear what was said like right at the end and i love the fact that that remains private and then after that he's like walking backwards still looking at her for the last time and he's he's the happiest he's ever been in the whole film you know and scarlett hansen's really great in that moment as well you know that she's just so happy to have met bob in her life what did you think about that last moment when he whispers something in her ear it is is quite an interesting uh, choice to to not have the audience actually hear what the hell it is. I suppose that it can then just be speculated on yeah. for for many years to yeah. come. Because certainly leading up to this point, the audience has been quite close to these characters alone and together. You know, so it's quite an interesting choice. I would think it was something very meaningful between these characters, and it's just really interesting that we don't mm. hear it, and it's just for them. You know. And I think maybe because it's not very plot heavy at all, you don't necessarily need to hear what they say. Because I think if you do hear what what's said, you know, this really meaningful moment for these characters, then the audience would create a lot of judgment about what he said or whatever. Or, you know, like, oh, that was, he could have said something else or whatever. It's just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a nice moment for them to have together, you know, and it just creates wonder for the audience of like, oh, I do wonder what they said. And, and obviously she reacts, you know, in a really endearing way, I guess. It's just quite a, a really lovely moment there. Yeah, especially because, you know, yeah. when, when they were saying like goodbye to each other the first time, because he, uh, he, he kind of wanted to say something to her, let her know on the phone that he she had his coat and uh, they meet outside the hotel, but... They don't even say anything, they just look at each other. Yeah. And uh, he gets a chance to kind of write that, but you don't... Yeah, it's something he's obviously wanted to say for a while. Yeah. Have you got a favourite line, then? Mine is probably from the uh, weirdest massage I'll ever see. Lick my stockings! (laughs) (laughs) Lick my stockings! (laughs) Like, what? You want me to what? (laughs) Lip your stocking. Rip, lip, you know, it's like rip, rip. Yeah, that was funny. that was so strange. I love how I love how he touches her stocking. She falls on the floor. Yeah. Oh, Mister Harris, Mister Harris, you'll rip my stocking. Oh my god, <laughs> that was so weird yeah, that was and hilarious. That was, yeah, that was that was weird. Who sent him a hooker? <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> like it's a normal thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe just at the beginning. Uh, I think I think that was a really good, uh, you know, the one I've already said. You know, where uh, the translator says like a bunch of crap. You know, like the, uh, okay. the director says loads and loads of stuff to him, and it's just translated as like one one. Cut, cut, cut. More okay. intensity. So score then for screenplay badge. Yeah, yeah, it was quite enjoyable. Maybe like a seven point eight. Yeah, again, I would say like the directing the screen play is is fairly simple i wouldn't be surprised if a lot of this stuff is kind of improvised as well especially with the japanese people so you kind of just take the story from there maybe and i expect a lot of the writing is just about like these characters or like who these people are and then i guess workshopped a little trying to experiment how these characters would interact and and what would happen you know they probably would have developed the script from there but again like it is simple and it's a hangout film, but it is hilarious as well. Certainly the scenes yeah. with Bill Murray. Um, so I'll go with... I'll go like an 8.2, I think. Right, acting then. What you got for me, Mr. Encyclopedia Man? Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Bill Murray, I think, was was great, you know. He definitely does have... He's perfected the what the fuck is going on face, <laughs> you know. Just Rip like my fucking ge- general confusion. <laughs> yeah, want me cool. to what? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's really funny as well, but there's lots of great subtle stuff from Bill Murray here, which I really enjoyed. I like the uh, the little piece of acting near the beginning from Bill Murray where he's trying to have a, a quiet drink and a cigar in the bar in the hotel and these two fans recognize him and he politely you know answers some of the questions about his movies yeah and then just casually just walks away without saying anything yeah (laughs) just because he wants to be alone and because he's a movie star he can just get away with it by just leaving the table without saying anything and it's kind of mirrored later on actually when charlotte is with her friends in in the same bar in the hotel you know, with her husband and friends and they're all mm. talking like so much and quickly and she's just like nodding and, and just lo- looks away and then just just all of a sudden just walks off to to see Bill Murray, you know. Mm. Do you remember the scene? I thought I thought that was um, some good stuff, like when uh, he kind of gets drunk and sleeps with the singer that's at the... Uh... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you could tell he's, he's quite ashamed of it and, uh, and she's at the door, mm. Scarlett Johansson. And he's like, yeah, I can't come right now. And then she overhears that, you know, the the woman. Yeah. And it's like, oh, all right. You know, I see you're busy. The kind of look, the kind of the way it's said. It's yeah. Just like, it's like uh, just just quite a disappointment in him. Just like, mm. It's quite it. an interesting moment in their relationship, mm. really, because obviously this relationship is not a sexual relationship at all. It's just yeah. friendship and... You know, I guess for Charlotte, seeing Bob like that, it's just, I guess... Mm her respect for him kind of lowers a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I think they soon get over it yeah. really quite quickly and I guess she becomes fairly understanding. So. Yeah, because they go to a sushi thing and so that was still fresh So uh, and the sushi thing, mm. it's quite awkward. They're not really talking. But yeah, they quickly get over it and then they're like, yeah, that sushi was stupid, wasn't it? What the hell was that about? You know, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And like... The menu, literally, the pictures are all the same. <laughs> yeah, exactly the same. <laughs> like, and he was like, um, "I'll have that one, please." Yeah. <laughs> you know? But there's a lot of like little great comic acting moments from Bill Murray, where he, you know, where he can't extend the shower head high enough so he can <laughs> yeah. take a shower. So he has to take a shower at neck height, <laughs> which is just funny, you know. Yeah. Uh, where he watches one of his movies overdubbed in Japanese, and he's just completely stoned face, you know. <laughs> you know, the dubbing is just done as he's, as you said, like, really quickly, there's so much language going through yeah. <laughs> the, the film and it just doesn't match his lips properly, yeah. and he's just there, stoned face, like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I think one of my funniest bits... Uh, is when he's stuck on the running machine is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> he's just shouting, help! Help me! <laughs> yeah, and he's got like a limp the next day. Going yeah, into, into which is funny. Yeah, cool. And he just jumps off it, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's still going. <laughs> but what I did find annoying, I think atten- intentionally annoying, is uh, Anna Faris's character yeah. is really annoying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think she's she's meant to be incredibly irritating. Just for the way she butchers the classic Bond song, Nobody Does It Better, it's, it's just shameful. I'm just mm. like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> There's a lot of karaoke in this. Uh, Charlotte's trying not to laugh as they walk, you know, yeah. by her performance. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just try and walk, like, really naturally yeah. around the but corner. She's trying to crack up, and, you know, she's trying to stop herself from cracking up. But there's a brilliantly sad moment from Bill Murray where he has, like, a sweet goodbye with Charlotte, and then he's... You know, this is just before the end um, when she gets in the into the elevator, uh, and then he's asked to take a picture with some people, and he keeps looking at Charlotte, and then the camera, Charlotte, then the camera as she's walking away into the elevator. I thought that was quite a, a good moment mm. uh, for Bill Murray there. I've just just in that simple piece of acting of like how much she means to him in this moment that you know. Mm. He goes home the next day and it's just like, oh, I don't want to leave this girl. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think they, they do have a scene where he's like questioning whether he should leave. And, you know, she doesn't think he should. But yeah, but he's got to. I think also Scarlett Johansson with her like boyfriend. Um, mm. I like that where uh, he's just nattering away about his, you know, stuff. And she's like, you know, what do you think of this scarf or something like that? And he's, yeah. like, he's like, it's I, fine. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know. But it's like. Yeah, I just kind of felt that sort of distance, you know. Mm. Kind of very similar to 
Bill Murray's character. Mm. Um, but Bill Murray is like the guy, is the boyfriend, but just in the wrong way, you know. <laughs> Bill Murray just would like to talk to his children more and just connect in a more natural way with his wife and not talk about other things concerning their house. Yeah. Whereas with Charlotte and her boyfriend... He's just completely about his job, you know, all, all the time. Yeah. yeah. And Charlotte just wants wants her boyfriend to have just some interest in her. <laughs> in fact, he's he's more interested in the, uh, you know, in this, the crazy blonde girl. Like, yeah, the uh, Ferris's character. Yeah. Even though, like, she's just kind of ridiculous and irritating and not very bright. I think that irritates her. Well, it would anyone, to yeah. be honest. <laughs> like, surely I'm, I'm I, you know, you could connect with me better than this person. Like. So have you got a favourite performance, then? Bill Murray. Yeah, I think I would edge it towards Bill Murray as well. I think only purely for the fact that I think he does most of the, um, well, certainly most of the comic acting. <laughs> hmm. And he certainly does most of the emotional heavy lifting as well, I think. I don't think it's no offence to Scarlett Johansson. I just think Bill Murray's character is a lot better, maybe. Yeah, there's more to work with in his character. And, you know, with Scarlett's character, Charlotte, she kind of fits a purpose for the story and for for how the, this rela- relationship develops. But not to say Scarlett Johansson is bad in this film. She's really no, good. She does have some really good emotional moments. Mm. But when you look back at this film... You remember the moments from Bill Murray, not Scully yeah. Hansen. This film is essentially a, a two two actor yeah. sort of, you know. Yeah. yeah, it it is just both of their film like ninety percent of the time. You know, the, these characters are quite lonely. You know, it's really about them. But yeah, Bill Murray is more the focus, and again, he's kind of the guy mm. that provides the punchline for a lot of you know, yeah, um, the jokes. So you know, it's hard not to gravitate. I would say he yeah. he is slightly more the main character than she is. So you know. And to be fair, like this is very early on in Scarlett Hansen's career, so yeah. you know it's two thousand three. Whereas now, who's the biggest star? I would, mm. you know, Scarlett Hansen for me is probably the biggest star now. Yeah, yeah. Know. So yeah, I'll go Bill Murray as well. Acting score, Bowers, what are you going for? Eight point four. I would say that's pretty respectable. To be fair, yeah. I think Bill Murray again, as we've probably spoken about this on the podcast before, but like comic acting. I would say is harder than anything else yeah. to do to get that timing right. I think Bill Murray is just yeah. like he's the master of timing, and this this film is funny, but some of that humor is so subtle that I don't think it could work if you don't have someone like Bill Murray. I, I think Bill Murray he could make reading the phone book amazing. You know, he, he's <laughs> yeah. just there's something about him, just the way he says things. You know. Yeah, so I'll go like eight point six. I think. I also think he can do lonely pretty well. Actually, he looks yeah, he looks definitely. quite lonely, like world haggard. I think they both can, to be honest. I thought they were both really good. Yeah, yeah, no, I th- I think she's very good as well. Just that scene where he's just looking at his his own film is yeah. is just great with in in terms of that. Yeah, actually, yeah, another scene that's quite nice because we haven't mentioned many of those scenes together, but where they're she's just like talking to him about life. You yeah, know, she doesn't really know what to do with her life and. You know, will will it get easier, or will you kind of figure things out mm. when you're when you're his age? I like that interaction, that more heartfelt, mm. you know, examination of of where they are right now. Because I guess he's kind of like looking back in his own life in in that way a little bit of maybe seeing his own mistakes in in her a little bit, and mm. you know, things like that. Right, let's add up the scores then for Lost in Translation. So, Lost in Translation gets. 48.6. Not bad. Not bad at all. So, Mr. Encyclopedia Man, what is your film for Scarlett Johansson films? All right, now let's get away from this mushy crap and let's get to killing <laughs> stuff and superheroes and capes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've taken the Captain America the Winter Soldier. Nice. Not to be confused with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which we've also <laughs> reviewed. Although yep. Falcon is in this. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Falcon's first outing. First outing. Why did you pick this one? Because it's really good. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I thought I was going to go with something else, Scarlett johansson I think in retrospect I probably should have, mainly because I don't see this as a Scarlett Johansson film. And and I fear like we're doing it. I'm doing a little bit of a disservice because I'm not going to be talking <laughs> about, about her as much. 
um, had okay. I had I picked a film that she was like the main star in. I do think this is Black Widow's best appearance in a Marvel film. I would say, other than maybe Endgame. I would but... agree with that, and I think she, you know, she's really good. And yeah, the character has a lot to do. But yeah, it's still it's still not her film though, is it? You know. But she's very important to this story. I would say. Yeah. yeah. So what happens in Captain America: The Winter Soldier? The basic plot is Captain America works with S.H.I.E.L.D., headed by Nick Fury, and S.H.I.E.L.D. is developing these helicarriers that can, like, kill people from 100 million miles away or whatever. Eliminate threats before they happen. Yeah, eliminate threats before they happen, you know. It can target accurately people, you know, uh, anywhere, you know. They basically stumble upon, like, a conspiracy that S.H.I.E.L.D. has actually been taken over by HYDRA, the bad guys from the first Captain America film. Captain America becomes a fugitive of the law. It was very much described as a political thriller-style movie. Yeah, I, I would kind of think of, you know, like uh, Enemy of the State? It's like a, yeah. the superhero Enemy of the State, you know, that's kind of what it reminds me of. Yeah, like Three Days of the Condor or Parallax View, that kind of mm. type of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, and I, I kind of like it where if you're going to pick any character, superhero Marvel character, to be like uh, a fugitive from the government un- uncovering a government conspiracy like captain america to me is the most ironic to yeah. to do it you know <laughs> he he kind of you just imagine he's like a you know a boy scout he's a patriot you mm. know, just do whatever the, he'll bend over if the government tells him to but you know here he is taking on the government i think that's quite that's quite interesting his morality whatever yeah. time period he's in doesn't waver you know yeah which i find the most interesting part of this story that it's up to the others to get to his level you know of morality mm. to defeat hydra really yeah cuz obviously when this film came out this was huge and seismic for the mcu the fact that you know we've literally just been introduced to shield in well it's been teased throughout a few of them and then you obviously get on the inside of shield in avengers and then literally when you get to to this film shield is exposed as hydra you know and shield is just gone from then it's like oh okay that lasted long (laughs) (laughs) not yeah. yeah definitely you know, when it comes to, like, shaking up the status quo, it was a mm. pretty big deal. Right, let's get straight into directing, then. What did you make of the Rosos' first directional MCU movie, then? Yeah, I thought it was great. Just really well shot. Just the action is just intense. Um, mm. I think if you kind of compare it to... I think a lot of the previous choreography from, uh, you know, before this film... Like, yeah. I think there's a kind of post-Winter uh, Soldier sort of um, choreography style. Like, I, yeah. I love how Captain America fights in this compared to how he fought in the first one yeah, of the Avengers. Definitely. I think it's a definite, like, it's a definite step up. You can see oh, why yeah, he's definitely. a super soldier. It's like, holy crap, man, you just took out a room of, you know, ten guys, but it looks... Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, it's, it's not boring, you know. Because Captain America First Avenger... It's a great film, but action-wise, it's 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 quite poor, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I, might, I mean, that might sound harsh to some people, but as an action film, purely as an action film, it's not it's not great at all. No. Whereas this is, I mean, the Russos said themselves, this has got more action than, than probably the first Avengers movie. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's pretty insane. You know, and I love the fur, the opening fight on the ship. You know, Captain America immediately feels more powerful and more skilled compared to the first Avenger and Avengers, where you feel like in Avengers, Black Widow could take out Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but certainly not in this film. No, yeah. I mean, in the previous film, you, you, you know, you, given the whole, he's the first Avenger and he's a really big deal, he's a super soldier. But I just never got the sense, you know, of that. Uh, in this film, he's just he's just quite amazing. Just, you know, the way he moves, you're like, Jesus Christ, just... I think just the action is just much. Uh, it's just a yeah. lot better choreographed. It's not even just for Captain America, but other the supporting characters. They have some just mm. incredible action set pieces where just a lot is going yeah. on. I think that's what you have to have to make action just um, really exciting. They do something, the character does something to counter mm. it. Something else happens. It just yeah. You know, it's got to get really crazy. Like uh, with Nick yeah. Fury, his his attack on the uh, you know when he gets attacked with his car. I thought that was pretty. Oh cool. yeah, that's yeah. insane. Yeah. That was that was really cool, and you know, 
And, you know, I love the kinetic handheld camera work, which makes the action, like, more brutal. Plus, you feel like the Russos really thought about how Cap can use the shield, you know, on the ship near the end, like the the jumpy throw he does with the shield, takes out a guy, and then while it's in the air, he takes out a few other guys before he catches the shield again. It's really creative. But I think the only gripe I would have in that opening action scene is when Cap throws a knife in one of the goons' hands, it feels like there's too much sound effect on it, and it feels like the knife is in the air way too long that feels natural, okay. if you know what I mean. I think I see what you mean. It just felt like the distance was too short for that amount of sound effect. Mm. But that's only a very small thing, which I certainly noticed on my first viewing when I first saw it. But um, but yeah, they certainly have a very you know shaky cam handheld style and not winging it because obviously it's it's very planned out Mm. everything but um it just feels like a very spontaneous camera like you're very like these these people are experiencing this for the first time you know i I would say like especially um you know his fight with the winter soldier like uh, under the underpass and stuff like that yeah that that's very phonetic the camera's just like what the ah trying to (laughs) <laughs> get everything but it, it's great just because of how much intensity is in the action you know? mm. but the car chase you mentioned yeah that i mean that was awesome with nick fury um i remember them saying the russos were like they want going into this car chase they were telling kevin feige yeah we want to make the best car chase ever made you know that was the level of of directing they wanted to go into that was the mentality you know um you know, and I love how they still commit to this handheld style uh, in the car chase because they could have easily just put the camera on vehicles with these nice techno grains, etc., to make everything smooth in a chase like this. But no, the cameras are very close to the ground. There's lots of sharp movements, but you never feel lost in the action at all. You you know you know the geography quite well. I felt you know the intensity is never lost, and the, some of the crashes are really impressive. <laughs> And the machine gun popping up from the cup holders was really cool. Yeah, cool. <laughs> you remember his uh, his window had like one percent armor or whatever. They were kicking yeah. it down, and I <laughs> I like when the machine gun comes out. It's like you know mm. it won't hold much longer. Now, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> the only gripe I have at the end of that scene, though, when he escapes, is that he ha- he somehow burns through solid tarmac with like a, a little flamethrower thing <laughs> yeah i'm just like that feels a little far actually <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah it because it doesn't feel like a, there was a manhole cover there yeah. or anything yeah because so. that's what i was thinking like what if he was just lucky i mean you don't see any traces of a manhole cover so i suppose no. he must have just they could have done that at least put a little i mean that is one hell of a blowtorch or whatever <laughs> you should have just attacked him with it don't Cut through the ground, fucking yeah! Cut the Winter Soldier's <laughs> head off, you know. <laughs> it, it would have been a shorter film, so, <laughs> yeah. To be fair, <laughs> yeah. So, what was I going to say? Like uh, about Black Widow and stuff. I I do like how because she's not got any superpowers, so it's it's more about like her um her ability with you know espionage and spying and and kind tech. of yeah Technology tech and well. all that. I like how they kind of utilize that in fights. So like uh, when she's running under the underpass and then the winter soldier's kind of waiting for her and i like yeah. how she, he noticed she notices via shadow and stops running and then he's like what the hell's going on and he she manages to like surprise him and get a shot off and his, yeah his glass that was really cool or uh trick him that she was like behind a car or something uh, so he threw a grenade but that was like like a pre-recorded message it just makes the character just feel like really intelligent you know not mm-hmm. just a a whimsical action girl, you know? Yeah. But that whole bridge fight was really cool, just really impressive. You know, Steve, Natasha, and Sam versus the Winter Soldier. Just that whole thing was really cool. Mm. And just, like, little things I noticed in that sequence was just so cool. There's, like, a nice wide shot with a load of the Winter Soldier's goons are just firing at them, but the Winter Soldier is just casually walking with his giant grenade launcher, (laughs) you know, letting his guys do all the work, (laughs) you know, not firing his weapon. And then the fact that the, there's a guy with a minigun and that Cap t- uh, moves his shield to take out, you know, deflects the bullets and takes out a load of guys. That was really cool. Yeah, but we'll just ignore the fact that he could have just shot his legs. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's still really cool. Yeah. 
I, I think there's a lot, there's so much like inventive action, and I do like mm. that it it doesn't try to let that up because there's quite a lot of action scenes, but there is always something you can find where you're like, oh, that's that's interesting. Rather than, yeah. you know, this is just a fill-in action scene that, you know, we don't have to, have to choreograph too much. You know, this is, this yeah. is a fiddler-in one. It's pretty violent, this film, as well, because, as I said, there's a huge minigun, and, like, the Witness Soldier just, like, fires a rocket at Steve at the shield, and he just goes flying. That's how yeah. he gets off the bridge, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I <laughs> was know. saying, you talk about violent, you remember where... um part of S.H.I.E.L.D. have, like, allied with Captain America, and they're, they're bringing out jets, and the Winter Soldier just comes in there and kills all the crew. Oh, yeah. That and he, he grabs a guy and throws him in the fucking propellers or something like that. It's like, bang! Yeah. You know? You're like, yeah, that's uh, it's, it's pretty great. He takes out, like, three helicarriers in, like, five seconds yeah. or something ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. talk about the elevator fight. That yeah. was some impressive acting and directing. Yeah. You know. I, I I like the build up because just with the yeah, camera same. work it's just like it just conveys you don't have to say anything, you don't have to make it too obvious. That Cap knows what the hell's going on here and we all know what's going on here. Even though the actions are just some guys mm. taking an ele- an elevator. That this this sudden thing should be a surprise, but I just like mm. the build up. It's like he's in an elevator with a few people. They're looking kinda nervous. More people get on. They're also looking kind of <laughs> nervous. It's very suspicious. One guy is like yeah. sweating. He's like really yeah. sweating. <laughs> and you just have Captain America look at him like, like what the hell? It's just you're putting this yeah. together. What are you sweating about? And then I like just, uh, you know, before we get started, anybody want to get off? Like he knows. <laughs> get I, out, he, yeah. He, he absolutely knows. I love it when like the last few, last three guys come in and... You know, and they say, you know, where they want to go on the elevator, and they and the guy says records, and I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> Why can't you just say the gym? That would be more convincing. <laughs> yeah. Why would the strike team go to records? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, the toughest um, guys in the yeah. And I love the overhead shot when he's taking them all out, and he flips the shield and catches the shield. It's just really awesome that overhead shot. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Any other action moments that you liked? Oh man, there's just so many cool ones. Him uh, diving out of the the bloody elevator. That was cool. I don't think that's far fetched. I don't think like the fury thing. I th- I, that that is believable for me that he could do that. You know that the shield could absorb a lot of that. Oh impact. yeah, 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 yeah. No, I believe that. I mean, uh, that's the 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 point of like you know the vibranium. It uh, you know getting into lore and stuff, but it's meant to absorb oh, right. kinetic energy, right? You know, so I mean. Mm. Yeah, if he fell out of a wind, you know, fell out of a high thing, it should just, it won't mm. transfer that impact through him. It will just like absorb yeah. it. So he should be fine, like you know, law wise. Um, and it was just pretty cool, and it looked like it hurt. So it's not like you know yeah. taking a piss. He didn't just. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> he does. He does a nice. Yeah, just like, <laughs> but, oh, you know, God. that's a bad idea. Um, other action bits that I thought were amazing, and probably one of my favorite shots is where. Um, uh, what's his face grabs the shield for the first time. Put the soldier. Yeah, the one soldier. Yeah, I thought oh, that was badass. Small, yeah. Yeah. The film in my head is just synonymous with that shot. You know, that shot is synonymous with the film. It's like him just mm. boom, just grabbing it and just like what you know. I mean, I love that all that stuff leading up to that moment where you know after Fury gets shot and Caps goes after him. It's just really cool again where he just where the filmmakers show off Cap's super strength where he's just literally just running through walls with a shield. Mm. You know, and there's a great musical cue with an electric guitar just before he jumps off jumps through a building into the next one. Uh and it happens again before the first punch in the elevator fight, this like nice guitar cue, which I thought was really cool. The fight that he has with him at the end, uh, that was pretty brutal. Like uh mm. especially like he breaks his arm. You know, yeah. cause he, he he won't let go of the damn disc, and you know yeah. he doesn't want to kill him or have you, but he's yeah, he just breaks his arm. Got to do something there. Yeah, <laughs> and then Bucky shoots him. That was crazy. That was like uh, that was a lot of suspense. I was like, oh no, he's gonna mm. die. Yeah, so, uh, but to be fair, there's never for one moment I thought Captain America was yeah, gonna well, die. <laughs> he's not gonna die, obviously. But you know, it's re- it was no. really cool. Yeah. But I do like it in films where the hero has literally gone through the ringer and. Yeah. Like in the Mission Impossible Fallout, Tom Cruise is like 
ends up <laughs> on a hospital bed and same with Captain America in this in this as well like they've really gone through hell and back yeah to in this story you know yeah no absolutely I, I like films where it's like yeah the character has given their all and like mm. they've suffered the most they could possibly suffer you know it's it's great so yeah. you're like okay yeah this was this was not just like another Wednesday you know so have you got a favourite shot then? Uh, yeah, you know, I've said it. Winter Soldier catching the shield. Oh, yeah. Mine is Winter Soldier related as well, where he flips Fury's car and he casually just moves to the side. Oh, yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> it was really cool in that nice wide shot. He just moves out of the way one step as the yeah. car goes by. Yeah. That was really cool. I just really like the Winter Soldier in this in this film. He's just so casual and just oozes coolness, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think another cool shot is like them on the walkway facing each other, you know, just before they they're, they're going to crack off. Oh yeah, yeah. I like that because it's like, you know, this is the setup. This is the the outline. This is where we're going to fight. This is the field of battle and just mm. staring each other down and then going for it. Yeah, I, I like that shot where you the camera before the Winter Soldier is revealed, he kind of stops and then the camera's directly behind Captain America and then it just moves off to the side to reveal Bucky. You know, that that was quite a nice shot there as well. This is really impressive and I feel like this is the first film where we feel like Captain America is a proper, powerful superhero. Mm. It certainly has a very different style and I think it really does work. And I think that the Russo's direct action brilliantly really really well and i think they've really given a lot of thought to how these characters fight you know there's been a lot of thought in that so and the political thriller stuff works as well to a certain extent yeah i'll give the directing like like an 8.6 how about you sir i yeah i'm i'm in 100 percent agreement with you i think yeah i think i'm gonna give it a really high one as well i'll give it an 8.7 i must say as well that I don't think this is my favourite Captain America film. I think... What, Civil War? Yeah, mine is Civil War, Yeah, definitely. I, I think Civil War is an amazing film. I would say maybe my Civil War is like my favourite MCU film, full stop, mm. as well. It is so. a really good film. <laughs> I think the, those two films kind of go quite well together. You know, you can just even mm. watch them back to back. I think I do love Civil War. I, I think it, I would agree it's also one of my favourite MCU films. And even though it's more Captain America thing and it's got Captain America, I always kind of treat it as a like quasi-Avengers film, because it really is. Yeah. You know, yeah. where this is a Captain America film. Civil War is is basically, uh, I, I think it's them, uh, before, you know, the Russos had a chance to do, you know, Avengers 3 and 4, it's like them testing the waters to see if they could do an Avengers mm. film. Yeah, it definitely. It feels more yeah. like an Avengers film to me, but yeah. Especially, you know, the hotel at the hotel the airport scene yeah the airport scene, yeah. yeah yes they didn't do an a action scene in the hotel though. yeah not that I can remember not during Lost in Translation <laughs> yeah. right screenplay then Mr. Encyclopedia Man yeah this this does some really clever things with the screenplay I think um, it's interesting how they re-establish Cap's morality in this film in this new modern world he's experiencing because he's talking to Nick Fury at, uh, you know in, in the hangar bay and he's showing him the new heli characters. And he ends by saying, like, we needed a quantum surge in threat analysis. For once, we're ahead of the curve. We're way ahead of the curve. And then Cap says, by holding a gun to everyone on Earth and calling it protection. And he just feels like using fear to protect people doesn't sit well with, with Cap. Hmm. Um, and he's kind of seen this before in World War II. <laughs> yeah. You know, and for Fury, he's like, well, the world has changed so much and S.H.I.E.L.D. has to change with it. And it's just an interesting element of distrust uh, between Cap and Fury as well. And Black Widow as well, to a certain extent. Hmm. Like, because... You know, Fury and Black Widow are, are are in this world of espionage. They have to lie for for their job, you know, and mm. just Cap can't do that. I like what he said where uh, he was like, because uh, he's questioning it, you know, he's like, you know, you've got a gun to everybody. This, is, this isn't peace. And Captain America goes, you know, uh, no, Nick Fury says something like, well, ho hold on there, like, greatest generation. You did some bloody you know questionable things in world war Two. yeah stuff. he goes yeah we made compromises but that was for freedom like this is yeah. fear you know <laughs> like, yeah, yeah yeah like this isn't a victory really you know and i thought the punishment came after the crime and all that stuff yeah, yeah. they they certainly re-established cap's morality of black and white good versus evil 
very clearly, which I think was was clever to establish. I like the little moment when Natasha and Steve find the secret bunker and she notices the portraits on the wall of Howard Stark and, and Peggy and Natasha asks, oh, who's who's the girl? You know, and Steve just ignores her and just walks away. And it just reminded me of the scene at the end of Endgame when Sam asks about his wife but says, no, you know, that's just for me. I'm glad in Endgame that they actually stay consistent with the fact that Steve keeps his relationship with Peggy private, you know. Yeah. It just makes that scene better. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of the humor lands pretty well as well. So, you know, it's got to have oh, that, yeah. yeah, seriousness and humor. But I you know, so not everybody is like a Captain America may be a boy scout, but he's not a humanless a humorless like old fossil or no. whatever, you know. He's having fun <laughs> like when there are good times to have fun. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say on your it. left. <laughs> on your left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. And uh, yeah, I thought that was a funny scene. I love Scarlett Hansen's entrance as Natasha Romanoff when she rolls up in a sports car and says, Hey, fellas, either one of you know where the Smithsonian is? I'm here to pick up a fossil. Yeah, that was <laughs> I like the whole, uh, even when he goes to assault the ship, and it's like, um, you know, like he's too busy to ask for dates and stuff. Yeah. And uh, and the guys... Their like, banter is so cool, like, yeah. in the middle of action scenes. Yeah. And I like just that the other guys are like, did he wear a parachute? It's like, nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What else is there? Oh, when Fury's in the car chase and the car is like really quite battered up. And they do mention that he tries to make it fly. I'm like, oh, Yeah, cool. yeah. I didn't even... I, I only noticed that on the rewatch yeah. today. Like, he, he asks whether it can fly. I was like, hang on a minute, what? <laughs> you know? And he says, well, what's not damaged? And air conditioning is fully operational. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> you know, which is important. You know, you've got to keep cool in a, in a high-tense car chase. You can't be hot. You know? <laughs> I think Nick, uh, um, I think Samuel Jackson is always cool. He doesn't need any help oh, yeah. being cool. Yeah. yeah, no help needed by air conditioning. No. Where uh, she turns on Armin Zola and says, like, do you want to play a game? Yeah, yeah, and she she's trying to explain it. it's from a movie. It's like, yeah, I watched it. Yeah, War Games. Yeah. It's from that tie looks really expensive. I'd hate to mess it up. Yeah. From um, Sam, but I think my favorite line actually is near the end when Sam jumps out of the building. <laughs> One of the carriers is literally crashing into it, and he jumps out of the building, and Fury catches him in the helicopter, and he says, 41st floor, forty first. And then Fury says, it's not like they put the floor numbers on the outside of the building. (laughs) Well, that was great. I would just like to go back to, like, Natasha's arc in this film. And especially her, like, relationship with Steve. Mm. In the beginning, uh, Steve doesn't fully trust her because she has her own mission in the boat. And Cap didn't know about it. And, you know, which kind of annoys him. But with Tash, with Natasha, it's just like, well, that's just my job, you know. Mm. I'm a spy. Well, then, you know, Natasha teases him about being old. Was that your first kiss since 1945? Um, mm. You know, in the scene in the car where they're talking about that Natasha lies to survive, and she asks him, "What do you want me to be?" And Steve just says, "How about a friend?" And Natasha says. Well, you're in the wrong business, Rogers. But then when she learns that Hydra is basically shield in disguise, her whole, her whole ethos has been undermined yeah. and kind of completely breaks apart. And, you know, she says she's just traded in the KJB for Hydra. And there's quite a, a nice touching moment um, in Sam's apartment when she says to see Steve, if it was the other way around and it, and it was down to me to save your life, now be honest with me, would you trust me to do it? And Steve says, I would now. And it's like Natasha has, it's like she's on the same moral level now with Steve. She's got like a proper, well, you know, you know what I mean? Just on Steve's moral level. Yeah. Which I really liked how they they work that into the script for Natasha's arc, you know. Mm. Yeah, I also think like uh, Nick Fury is is quite a like a father figure to her, like, and I I, I like uh, even oh, the yeah. acting. I'll mention it there as well, but how she is really like distraught, like very distraught that when she thinks he dies. Oh yeah, yeah, that was amazing. You know, I like the conspiracy thriller, political thriller, you know, style of this film, but by the end, it just feels a little bit too convenient for me that Fury has these three computer chips. 
uh, that happen to target each other to save the day. Mm. I think that's my only real gripe with this with the story. And they certainly focus more on the action and the emotion between Cap and Bucky. I just, yeah, I don't know. What do you feel about that? Is it too convenient? It felt a bit convenient for me, but... Yeah, you know, yeah, I suppose so. Although, you know, I I guess he's been pretending to be dead for a while. Uh, I don't know. Maybe not that long, actually. Maybe like a day or two, you know, while they've been, like, fighting yeah. Idris. So, I don't know. So, have you got a favourite line, then? On your left? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is a classic certainly is now right score then for me for screenplay yeah it's really impressive certainly with natasha's arc like really becoming a a fully fledged avenger by the end of this i thought was really great and robert redford's pretty cool as well i I think he kind of gets forgotten in the chaos of it but you know he's the bad guy he's pretty cool but he's really likable he's quite he's he's like i quite liked him actually i thought he was like uh like a, like a grandfather or something. <laughs> I guess so. But um, he, he does frame Nick Fury. Of, was it that he hired the pirates to, 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 yeah, yeah. to nick the plans of the, the heli carriers to sell lots of money or whatever? That's the thing. Like, the plot of this, you do have to actually think about what's actually going on in this. It's mm. not brain dead at all like some of these films are. You really have to concentrate a bit which I quite liked, the whole conspiracy thing on the boat, how Robert Redford tries to frame Nick Fury. Yeah. That was really good. Um, so I'm going to go, like, 8.3, I think. How about you, sir? Yeah, uh, I'll go I'll go 8. Acting, then. The fight between Cap and Batroc was really cool. You know, that backflip he does at the end was really impressive. Yeah. Yes, from a stunt guy, but still very impressive (laughs) but the helmet hair was not good on chris evans i must say (laughs) like the lighting didn't help at all (laughs) it's like oh dear that's not cool (laughs) i love how he kind of taunts like calls out captain america i didn't come here to fight a shield he's like okay fucking you know come on then you son of a bitch (laughs) takes him down like with yeah it's like i don't care about my hair either (laughs) yeah yeah i'll take off my clothes as well take it all off (laughs) Yeah, Let's fight naked. Fight naked. No yeah. protection at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <that'd be> amazing. <laughs> Real Beowulf mode. And the audience just runs for the hills. <laughs> no, except for the women. <laughs> yeah. I like the little scene with Steve talking to Peggy in her bed. Haley Atwell is really convincing as someone with dementia, especially as she has like loads of dots on her face, and they use CGI to make her look old. Yeah, it's pretty good for for CGI. Yeah. But it's interesting because in the end, in um, Endgame, when Steve gets old at the end, they use actual makeup and prosthetics, and it looks just as good, you know, so I'm just like, well, why the change there? It's interesting. Maybe it's due to the fact that she's she's laying down, so not maybe not as much motion from the head. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe it's just like the eye won't really tell, you know, if she's not moving around or something. Yeah. Like Maybe it's just Chris Evans preferred it that way. I don't know. Yeah, for yeah, the could actors, be. Could you be. know. Yeah. So it's just an interesting filmmaking point there because it's from the same filmmakers. So, yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> but yeah, the the fight between the Winter Soldier and Steve Rogers, I think, is my favorite hand to hand combat fight in the whole MCU. It feels so brutal and so powerful. You know, the pace is so fast. Is this the last fight or the second fight? The one when they get off the bridge. Yeah. I I, lo- I love how it kind of um, it goes from he's using all kinds of guns and he's like deflecting, knocking out the gun to a yeah. different gun to a different <laughs> gun to he gets his uh, shield taken from him and then it's hand to hand and you know yeah the knife to ha- it was just so really good. good yeah. I, lo- I I love the bit where the he he's pushing the knife down so hard it goes in the van and I'm like like that yeah like that. and there's a little sound effect. So the, the, the arm is taking over, adding more strength to the arm. And there's just like a little cool shot of when the Winter Soldier takes out his knife and he just does a little flip of the knife before he attacks him. That was just really cool. You know, and these, these are not stunt doubles. These are, it's all, you know, Chris Evans and Sebastian San, you know, which just makes the whole thing better. But again, you feel like they've really thought about how the metal arm can be used against the shield. It starts with the big punch to the shield and... And how how would that sound, you know? And and it gets stuck in the arm, 
at one the shield gets stuck in the arm oh, yeah. at one stage that was cool they, yeah, they've, cool. again they've they've really thought about like how can we use the metal arm and the shield in a fight what could happen you know they've i just feel like they've really given that a lot of thought mm. yeah my favorite fight just so so good i mean the fight they have on the heli character is not as good for me but i think it's just the pacing is a lot slower you know mm. But uh, what it does have is emotion. Like Sebastian Span, especially, is amazing when he's punching him at the end. Yeah. And Cap's just saying, "Cause I'm with you to the end of the line," you know. And then Stan's face is just amazing as he's suddenly re- remembering his past. He's like, "What did you just say? Yeah. What? Who are you?" You know. He's great there. One of my favorite bits is when. Uh, Nick Fury arrives at the Triskelion in the helicopter and he opens the door and just stands there for a moment so his massive leather coat can just flap in the wind <laughs> so he can look really badass. <laughs> yeah. It just looks, it's just funny. <laughs> it's like, come on, wind, flap my coat. Yeah. <laughs> now walk in. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Gonna have that atmosphere. It'd be funny if there was no wind. Like, come on, hang on, wait, 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 wait for it. <laughs> Now go. Yeah, he fine. just installs a fan <laughs> just behind him. He really liked his air conditioning. <laughs> yeah. So what's your favourite performance? Samuel Jackson. <laughs> Samuel Jackson? <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> just because he's Samuel Jackson. Silly question to Bowers, really. Yeah. Um, you know, he could just appear for like five seconds in a film. I still give it to Samuel Jackson. It's just cool. I shall check the Black Cinema episode where you picked him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I would say certainly with Scarlett Johansson, I think this is arguably her best performance. Scarlett Johansson is really good in this. You know, I'm not going to argue with that. I think she displays quite a lot of emotion, you know, and again, I, I do agree with you. She does go through a quite a character arc. I, I think my favorite performance of hers is when she thinks that Nick Fury is dead. I quite like that. I think my favorite moment from her is when it's actually near the end, like in this trial situation oh, yeah, to yeah. the media. Yeah, that was and good. it's just you just feel like what did she say? Like you may not want us anymore, but we're the best qualified to defend this planet or whatever. And it just feels like yeah, she's she's a proper Avenger now. You just feel like her persona a little bit has changed because at the beginning she's very she has this brilliant like sassiness to her as black widow which we've never really seen before in like avengers and iron man 2 yeah i think my favorite performance is sebastian stan actually i just like just this casual coolness to mm. he brings to just his walk you know the walk of captain of with the winter soldier it's just yeah. it just feels like really epic and just like it's much better than your your walk that you just tried to do now that was pretty bad <laughs> yeah with my shoulders <laughs> no no don't um, do that yeah. <laughs> you look like you're trying to do the backstroke what the hell was that <laughs> but you know what i mean there's just there's just a really like cool casualness to the winter soldier just a really nice stillness as well of, yeah you know it's very villainous and yeah i kind of tend to gravitate to villains sometimes i i do like as well um like any scene where he's kind of struggling with his identity. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, the first time, like when he was getting brainwashed, of just. He's just completely out of it. I, I just quite like that. Mm. Yeah. Score for acting for me, I'll probably go. Again, considering the stunt work mm. that the actors go through themselves, I think is really impressive. So I'll go like an eight. How about you, sir? Do you know, I, I, one guy I also think is quite interesting to look at is, like, Rumlow. He's a dick, and he plays that really <laughs> yeah. well. Just, I just thought I'd just give an honourable mention to him. He's, like, yeah. a very, very minor character. Frank Grillo. Yeah. I thought I thought he was quite yeah. Yeah. interesting. Uh, I'll, I'll go, yeah. all I give it, 8.2. Cool. Right, let's add up the scores then for Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Captain America, the Winter Soldier, scores 49.8 which wins this one this week for Scarlett Johansson Films as Lost in Translation only got 48.6, so fairly tight still, I would say. Mm. Right, next week, as the amazingly titled Gunpowder Milkshake comes out, we'll be having a look at R-rated action films. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right, all right. Yeah, recently Nobody came out the other day with Bob Odenkirk which is kind of an R-rated yeah. uh, action film as well. So, but yeah, 
this one will be related to Gunpowder Milkshake. What a title. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. With Karen Gillan and Lena Hadley. Great female cast as well. So, yeah, that'll be interesting to to see what we pick. A fairly open subject, so could go old as well. Right, that's it then. Thanks, Boaz. You've been rather good, as usual. Bye. (laughs) Dust for Danya. That's it for this week's pod. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to find out more about the podcast or suggest future topics for us to discuss related to upcoming releases, let us know on Instagram at film versus film podcast and on twitter at fvf underscore podcast remember please subscribe pod signing off